everybody and welcome back to the New Reality Network podcast, episode three, a podcast about VR in VR. I am one of your hosts, Thomas Lynch, and as ever, I'm joined by Mr. VR himself, Mike Smith. Yay, I'm Yay. back again. Woo! <laughs> How are we, Mike? Um, this fine evening. I'm trying to think of a different response that we haven't already done. Just say I'm bad. I'm terrible. Doing absolutely bad. No, if I say I'm bad, I'll, I'll have to start singing Michael Jackson this way. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably yeah. best for all of us that you don't start doing that now. Yeah, probably good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm all right, actually. Things are looking good. Good stuff. Good stuff. And over there, the event's extraordinaire. Brit, how are we doing, Brit? Everything's amazing. The correct answer is everything is awesome. That's what you should have Sorry. said. Sorry. <laughs> and cue the music, start playing, and we get a copyright strike, and it all gets taken down. Uh, but yes, so for the uninitiated, this is the New Reality Network podcast, where we all get to take together and talk about everything VR and 360-degree video. Uh, we bring a topic of discussion to each episode, which lasts for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and the topic of the day today is five things you need to know to start creating VR and 360 content. Because one of the kind of aims of New Reality Network, shall I say, is to kind of educate people about 360 and VR content and how you go about creating that stuff yourself and why you should be excited about it, that sort of thing. Yeah. Am I right? Uh, I was going to say, if you're watching this in 360 and you look towards Tom, you'll actually see our, our website. There. You certainly will, yes. Here is our website. <laughs> Which uh, states that we are an educational and informative resource for all things VR. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Beautiful website there, work in progress, but we'll forget about that. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> To point number one, who wants to kick things off? Do you want to go? No, Mike, Mike always sets us up. Set us up, Mike. Oh, What's dear. the first thing people need to know in order to start creating VR and 360 content? It's not as difficult as people think it is. I think this is the, the stumbling block with it at the moment. This is kind of why we came together to do what we're doing at the moment in the sense that we want to showcase how not difficult it is. Mm. Um, you know, people often ask me, like, when, when I show them content I've created, they're, they're like, oh, that must have been so difficult, it must have been really hard, and it's like, no, I just pressed the button on a camera, you know. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. It really, in some cases, it Not really the camera, the, the watch? Yeah, like, even with the thing we're recording now, and I hold it up so people can actually see it, Ta-da. it would literally just press that red button when we're ready to record, and it does its job, so... You know, it really can be that 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 simple. Um, but you and I talked to I think um, in terms of like people getting started with with VR, and I think it's important you go on a bit of a journey with it. You, you mm. don't just try and come in and do the high end stuff straight from the off. So you know, one of the first things I ever did with VR was um, Google Maps, which has a an inbuilt camera allows you to take a 360 degree photo Mm -hmm. but it kind of lines it up now i'm not going to lie and say the quality is amazing it really isn't but it's the first time for you to kind of get a better understanding of how 360 works and vr Mm. works and this idea that everything that you do is contained within almost like a bubble sure Sure. um so you know google maps is is probably the best way to go to start off with um but there are various other apps there's things like pi and splash and and stuff and a lot of them are kind of that similar premises where you follow the dots and mm, it mm. takes about 20 pictures and then stitches them all together yeah. and stuff so it, it really can be that simple and it's something that everybody can do on their phone you know there, there yeah. isn't a kind of if you have a modern day smartphone that's that's been released in the last three three and a half years you can make VR. You can do it. 
don't have to go out and spend four six hundred pound on like a camera or something. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we shan't mention. That. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Well, it's, to be uh... fair, if you're filming somewhere outside, you have to have like the red flags or something around the camera. Because it's mm. tiny, oh. then people are literally walking into it, or sure. just have like an inch or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say uh, we'll come to that a, a bit later when we talk about the position of the camera. But yeah, some people, I swear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys, man, come on! Can't you see I'm filming? Spatial you? awareness. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, number uh, number two uh, is kind of the the important thing to know is that there's kind of two types of of 360 video. I guess you've got monoscopic and stereoscopic. Now, monoscopic, the best way I can describe it is kind of, it's the flat render you have, where you can kind of, you can move around the space, um, and kind of move around with your mouse and stuff, and then kind of, uh, kind of stereoscopic is where you have the two different lenses, and that's where it's really optimized for kind of VR headsets and things. Um, so you can kind of, say for example, you're editing a video in, in Premiere. Now that Premiere uh, has updated the fact where you can kind of uh, toggle VR mode on and off. Uh, which is quite cool, and then you can go into the settings when you render it and say, like, if you want it to be monoscopic or stereoscopic and things. So, that's the kind of thing you need to realize when you're shooting video. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. You raise that tool. I mean, most people are probably proficient or some idea of what Adobe Premiere is. Mm, mm. And actually, um, it'll be interesting to see this a year later on because it will get easier. Like you yeah. mentioned, there's this issue where you can like click on a VR button and but the only problem with that is you only end up seeing what it looks like through one eye. Exactly, yeah, that's um, true. Or the other eye, and you can switch between left and right, but you can't do it like as both combined, which can be a bit frustrating with the editing process. But do uh, do watch this space because Adobe are working on using Premiere in VR. So um, uh, as people can see, we've got the HTC Vive in the studio here with controllers. Indeed. So you'll actually be able to use that and edit in real time. Um, as opposed to cool. doing it in VR, taking the headset off, going to the computer, you know, putting the headset back on, testing yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting time for, for the editing process. And I think that, that highlights just how much easier it's getting as well. Yeah. I think it kind of ties into a point as well that we've we've got here on the list is uh, before Premiere kind of put in that update, you had to kind of go in and inject the metadata yourself for when you wanted to go and publish that video on Facebook and YouTube. Like before... You had to kind of be, you'd export the video, and then you actually had to put in this kind of data through this tool you can find online. If you just type in like like metadata or something, or VR it's, metadata, it's, it's YouTube metadata. It's an actual yeah, YouTube yeah. tool, yeah. And it would kind of input all the data and things that when you publish it to Facebook and YouTube, it, that would recognise that it is a three hundred and sixty video. Otherwise, you'd just get that flat uh, kind of monoscopic yeah, uh, image and video that, that I mentioned earlier. We should probably just state um, to make it a, a sort of a bit simpler in, in that respect is that the, the metadata stuff is actually what the camera associates with the video. So like yeah. location, date, time, mm -hmm. equipment and stuff. And, and you're, you're right before it, what Adobe would do is if you were feel, if you were editing that footage, it would literally strip it all out. Yeah. And leave nothing left. So the YouTube metadata tool um, became a kind of pivotal in the early days of editing because that would be the only thing you could really use to inject that data back in because the data was still there. It's just that, the, that Adobe liked to hide it or, yeah, yeah. you know, so when you uploaded to Facebook and YouTube, it, it wasn't picking it up. But now it's a lot easier. In fact, um, even if it does strip the, the, the metadata from the video files now, Facebook. And YouTube will still pick it up. Mm. Um, mm. So I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I did a, an injection of metadata because it, it's now become so much easier. Yeah. Um, 
and, and it comes back to like getting started with VR as well. It's worth noting that, that if you have an iPhone or an Android phone that's capable of taking panoramic um, photos, you can do a full 180 view and it treats it like it's a 360 degree that sure. you can move around and, and Facebook picks up on that. So that's also a really good way to get started. But mm. um, it, that, that going through that process, like I said, going on that journey also helps with understanding a bit more of how things like monoscopic and stereoscopic work and using platforms like YouTube and Facebook to actually display your content. Yeah, 100%. Like these platforms as well are realising kind of the potential and the popularity of VR and 360, so they're making it kind of the, themselves a bit easier to, to publish this content and stuff on their platforms. Well, Facebook, I mean, you know, is is big driver of that in terms of social content. Yeah, yeah. Um, Google is more kind of the uh, Google and YouTube are kind of, but it's around there some some point. I don't want to get people bogged down with that, but there's some interesting things going on with uh, Periscope. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with that is. Um, I mean, if you're looking to do stuff with Twitter, you know, give it six to eight months before that really takes off. Because at the moment, they support 360 degree live streaming and video uploads, but you have to be partner oh, with really? Periscope. Which... Yeah, because I saw the one uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, video yeah. there with the cast and stuff. You could look around and kind of yeah. do a Q and A panels with. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do you know what was interesting with that? It was done on a Ricoh Theta camera. Was it really? Oh, yeah. So cool. for those that don't know, uh, we'll, we'll we'll put it somewhere in. Uh, the 360 yeah, degree video. <laughs> um, but the Ricoh Theta camera is actually probably one of the most consumer-friendly 360 degree cameras and, and feature-bound and probably the most easiest to use as well. Mm, mm, yeah, um, but it's just not great quality in video because we're recording this on 4K cameras at the moment. Yeah. Um, and the Ricoh um, does a full 1080p, but it comes back to this idea of understanding that everything in 360 and VR is wrapped around a sphere so exactly, exactly. if you're recording video in 1080 you're recording that around a sphere and so it, it the quality kind of drains away a little bit because it, it's trying to compensate for pixels and stuff like that 100%, 100%. I won't complicate it, but yeah yeah i think that comes into the next point as well the fact that you've got to be aware of kind of positioning and stuff when you're you're, you're doing this stuff like i remember uh, editing the test podcast we recorded back in august like put in premiere and stuff and i put these bunch of these images in and then i'd test it and like the image was like right next to the viewer's face or something like that to go in and pull that back and stuff. You've just got to be aware of like where the like the focal point is, where the viewer's going to be looking around and like the depth of field, that sort of thing. It all sounds very complicated, but like in a in an article in a video that will go up on the site or is up on the site now, depending on when you're watching it, uh, I kind of document my process kind of editing 360 video and stuff. And it's really just like you're editing a, a normal video. You've just got to be aware of that positioning in the space. Yeah, and coming back to kind of the, the tools that you use as well to, to kind of capture this this content. I mean, the Ricoh Theta is a fantastic bit of kit to get started with because it... Hold it, press it, and you're done. <laughs> yeah, and the stitching lines, it, it automatically stitches, whereas mm. the, the cameras we're using for the, for this podcast, the, the 4K ones, we have to go and manually stitch that through Kodak's own software. And for the, for the most part, it's not too bad. Mm. Um, it, it's not as noticeable, um, but I remember when I stitched together the first podcast and <laughs> had to make sure your kneecaps aligned because you were sorry, waving your sorry. arms. Um, so just, yeah, you have to kind of be aware of things like that when it comes up. But to be honest with you, it's, it's just one of those things. Again, it, it's part of that learning curve. So once you kind of get used to something, like you've done your Google Maps thing, and you kind of want to take it to the next step. So then you mm. get the Rico. 
and the Rico is quite consumer friendly and, and easy to use and stitching's okay with it. And then you kind of start looking at the the high grade cameras. Sure. Um, so you know the the Rico, you're kind of looking at about three hundred pound for that camera. Mm. Um, the ones we're using at the moment, the full packs, are about nine hundred pounds. Um, but they yeah. do start to go go up in price. Um, but that's going to change soon. Um, yeah, you'll you'll see a lot more. Like you'll see then drop in price and more yeah. like kind of consumer friendly and well not consumer friendly but like in terms of from an economic standpoint, yeah, you'll yeah. see them drop in price and stuff. As, yeah, as absolutely. They are, they already kind of are um, to some yeah. degree. I mean, Samsung's doing some great things. Their three hundred and sixty camera is not particularly great, um, but because it pairs but with it, the, but if it's a starting point, then I think everything is good. Precisely. So you don't yeah, have to yeah. go to Precisely. the Precisely like professional level or something. So. Yeah, you're sort of mm-hmm. looking at a two hundred pound camera with, with Samsung's gear camera thing that pairs up with their sure. their headsets and stuff. But if you get a good mobile phone deal, you can actually get those chucked in for free as well. Yeah. Are you yeah. promoting iPhones right now? No, no, that was for Samsung. <laughs> this video is not brought to you by Apple, but I wish it was. <laughs> so interesting enough, Apple was the one that's kind of a bit behind on stuff when it comes to mobile. Yeah, and well. headsets as well. There's, there's rumours floating around that they're yeah. making a headset and stuff. But I think that's a discussion for a different type of podcast. It is indeed, it is indeed. Uh, so have we got any closing thoughts before we round stuff up? Any any final things that people need to know? But I think we've covered, covered most well, of the things. I know you wanted to talk about positioning, uh, and this is what we were sort of alluding to before, like the, the positioning of the cameras sometimes mm. is like... Just, just be aware of that when you are filming out in public, because like the amount of troubles we we've had with that, and that's not necessarily because it's hard to place the camera and stuff. Mm. I mm. think you know the, the the way the cameras are set up, they're quite straightforward. As you know, you stand in front of the camera and you do a piece to camera as sure. you normally yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, the biggest problem you've got is the stand that it's on is not particularly great because it's not quite thick. Um, and part of the reason for that is you don't want to get that in the shop, but then sure. at the same time, people don't have spatial awareness. And <laughs> well, to be fair, okay, packs. the last time when we were filming, people saw it. They were walking past and looking back and smiling or something. But if you right. look at it, if it's on a, on a dark ground or something, you might actually miss it. It's it's a small one. It's, yeah, it's not like yeah. a huge camera, which is like I guess people, people are, are expecting to... you to like be hulking around either a massive like camera or like a DSLR or something. When you have this little small thing, do you, do you know the funny thing is, if I'd put a GoPro on a pole, like everybody would avoid like the play. Right. Yeah. Do you know? True. And the thing Selfie is, that these extent. cameras, <laughs> the GoPros are smaller than the four K cameras we're using. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that's like, true. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just one of the things to be be careful with because, like, if you are using the the more expensive camera sets, like we are. You know, you, you drop that on the floor, and that's quite an expensive thing yeah, to replace. Yeah, it's a big the dent lens. in the, uh, yeah, yeah. the old bank there. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're talking about 100 quid for a replacement lens or something, or maybe even just rebuying another unit, which is not ideal. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah, but that, that'll just about do it then, I think. Yeah, nothing sure. else anyone wants to chime in. Um, I think we've covered all bases there, I think. You've got a smartphone, download an app and you're sorted. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just <laughs> that's the general. I think the key thing is to remember how to have fun with it and yeah. keep away from Apple. <laughs> oh, damn, shots fired towards Apple. Yeah, uh, I remember now. when he was buying himself the Apple, the iPhone, then it was one of the one of the things like, Yeah, I can do 360 with that. I need, I need Apple. I'm like, Hell no. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, that actually required a lot of research to make sure that it was compatible. Uh, it took a while actually for Apple to 
kind of patch that OS system so things like YouTube 360 would work on it and stuff, and it kind of works now. Yeah. Um, although with the, the Google Cardboard headsets, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say with the connectivity. But yeah, I think the key thing, you know, is have fun, experiment. You know, this is quite a new field in the sense that while it's been around for a while, nobody still really has it nailed down. Mm. In terms We're learning of, alongside you guys. Um, in terms of the, the kind of creativity and what you can do with it. And actually, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, part, I've had some real good fun with it in terms of colleagues and stuff because... You know, even just from a non three sixty point of view, you know, the ability to go and capture photos, for example, that you wouldn't normally be able to capture. Mm, mm. So a prime example of that is went up to the Birmingham Library, you know, uh, took a three sixty degree picture of the, the Shakespeare room they have up, which is a beautiful room. Yeah. And managed to put together this really good photo through a simple app, um, on on the mobile phone that connects with the Rico thing. And I, I got a shot, a, like a photographic shot. That you'd never be able to get using a standard camera. Sure, sure. Um, so I think it's it's worthwhile kind of exploring that. And I'd I'd also say you know start easy, go with yeah, photo, yeah. photographs first, and then slowly move into the video. Jump into the, the video, sort of thing. The video is where it starts to get more complicated. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, that just about do it then. Those are the five things you need to know to start creating VR and 360 content. Uh, this has been episode three of the New Reality Network podcast. Thank you guys for checking it out. Uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find us on all your favourite podcast services, whether it be SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Mixcloud, we're all there. But we do encourage you to check out the uh, the 360 version over on our YouTube channel, which is New Reality Network. And indeed, uh, to keep up to date with our uh, with our progress, with our content, do follow us on the social medias. We are at New Reality Net on Twitter and New Reality Network on Facebook. And we are New Reality Network on Instagram as well, as you can see our feeds just there uh, thank you all for your time once again and nice. until the next one take it easy <laughs>